from the studios of Fractal Recording, this is The Mystic Show, episode 94. Welcome to The Mystic Show. I'm your host, Chris Curran, and I'm happy that you're able to join me. This is the show where we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation, the human being, the universe, and a whole lot of personal development, actually, as well. We love personal development. I love personal development. And uh, we also, pretty much in general, focus on the unseen and otherworldly. Because those, those are the areas of our lives that are so important to us, but you know, you can't hold it in your hand. Try to hold happiness in your hand. Well, sometimes maybe an ice cream cone can uh, bring... <laughs> bring some happiness. Anyway, we broadcast live every weekday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time on the Fractal Stream. And then we archive every show as a podcast, just so you can hear all the archives. You can go to iTunes, Stitcher, and you can go to our website. Our website is themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net. And you'll find links to our social media, a link to the Fractal Stream, and like I said, all our past episodes, which is nice. You can browse around, you can search by keywords and, um, you know, find the topics that you're looking for. I mean, obviously this is episode 94, so we've done 93 others. We've had on some really nice guests as well. And we'd also like to thank our sponsor, Pause Your Life. And... Pause Your Life is a great organization that has meetups and retreats, and it's all based around you, the individual, basically hitting the pause button on your life, because our modern lives are so crazy and packed tight with events and tasks. I don't know about you, but my to-do list is huge. My to-do list is so big that I, I, I'm not even focusing on the whole list anymore. I just, every day I list about three or four, or five or six things, and I just do that. <laughs> right? Because when I focus on the whole list, I get depressed. It's so huge. So pause your life. If you need to just pause, stop the madness for a minute, and just be a human being, you can go to pauseyourlife.org. And um, so I'm excited to, to continue our book here. I know uh, the last episode we had Brian Jones as a guest. We kind of got his backstory and s- began getting into uh, some really, you know, 
interesting stuff about the Sahajmarg practice and all this. And Brian's going to be on again very soon, and we'll talk more about that. We're going to get much more into detail this time, too. So thanks, Brian, for, for the last episode, and we look forward to the next one as well. And right now, though, I want to jump right back into our book. We're reading from a James Allen book, and James Allen is an English mystic, or I guess I should say he was an English mystic because he lived at the uh, end of the 19th century and early 20th century. I think by 1913, he had passed away after writing, uh, I think, 17 books total. And we're reading from his first book, which is called From Poverty to Power. It was published in 1901. And we've read, I think, four sections so far. We're going to start a new section right now. And this one is, well, it's good because it kind of talks about what we all want, right? So the name of this section is The Secret of Health Success and Power. The Secret of Health, Success, and Power. And this is a section, it's going to take us a few shows to read this section. We're going to, we're going to read part of it today. Uh, but again, it's from the James Allen book called From Poverty to Power. And let's go ahead and start this section. We all remember with what intense delight as children we listened to the never-tiring fairy tale. How eagerly we followed the fluctuating fortunes of the good boy or girl, ever protected in the hour of crisis from the evil machinations of the scheming witch, the cruel giant, or the wicked king. And our little hearts never faltered for the fate of the hero or heroine. Nor did we doubt their ultimate triumph over all their enemies. For we knew that the fairies were infallible, and that they would never desert those who had consecrated themselves to the good and the true. And what unspeakable joy pulsated within us when the fairy queen, bringing all her magic to bear at the critical moment, scattered all the darkness and trouble and granted them the complete satisfaction of all their hopes. And they were happy ever after. With the accumulating years and an ever-increasing intimacy with the so-called realities of life, our beautiful fairy tale became obliterated, and its wonderful inhabitants were relegated, in the archives of memory, to the shadowy and unreal. And we thought we were wise and strong in thus leaving forever, the land of childish dreams. But as we re become little children 
in the wondrous world of wisdom, we shall return again to the inspiring dreams of childhood and find that they are, after all, realities. The fairy folk, so small and nearly always invisible, yet possessed of an all-conquering and magical power, who bestow upon the good health, wealth, and happiness, along with all the gifts of nature in lavish profusion, start again into reality and become immortalized in the soul realm of he who, by growth in wisdom, has entered into a knowledge of the power of thought and the laws which govern the inner world of being. To him, the fairies live again as thought people, thought messengers, thought powers, working in harmony with the overruling good. And they who, day by day, endeavor to harmonize their hearts with the heart of the supreme good, do in reality acquire true health, wealth, and happiness. There is no protection to compare with goodness. And by goodness, I do not mean a mere outward conformity to the rules of morality. I mean pure thought, noble aspiration, unselfish love, and freedom from vainglory. To dwell continually in good thoughts is to throw around oneself a psychic atmosphere of sweetness and power which leaves its impress upon all who come in contact with it. As the rising sun puts to rout the helpless shadows, so are all the impotent forces of evil put to flight by the searching rays of positive thought which shine forth from a heart made strong in purity and faith. Where there is sterling faith and uncompromising purity, there is health, there is success, there is power. In such a one, disease, failure, and disaster can find no lodgment for there is nothing on which they can feed. Even physical conditions are largely determined by mental states. And to this truth, the scientific world is rapidly being drawn. The old materialistic belief that a man is what makes his body, makes him, is rapidly passing away and is being replaced by the inspiring belief that man is superior to his body and that his body is what he makes it by the power of thought. Men everywhere are ceasing to believe 
that a man is despairing because he is dyspeptic and are becoming to understand that he is dyspeptic because he is despairing. And in the near future, the fact that all disease has its origin in the mind will become common knowledge. There is no evil in the universe, but has its root and origin in the mind. And sin, sickness, sorrow, and affliction do not, in reality, belong to the universal order, are not inherent in the nature of things, but are the direct outcome of our ignorance of the right relations of things. According to tradition, there once lived, in India, a school of philosophers who led a life of such absolute purity and simplicity that they commonly reached the age of 150 years. And to fall sick was looked upon by them as an unpardonable disgrace, for it was considered to indicate a violation of law. The sooner we realize and acknowledge that sickness, far from being the arbitrary visitation of an offended God or the test of an unwise providence, is the result of our our own error or sin, the sooner shall we enter upon the highway of health. Disease comes to those who attract it, to those whose minds and bodies are receptive to it, and flees from those whose strong, pure, and positive thought sphere generates healing and life-giving currents. If you are given to anger, worry, jealousy, greed, or any other inharmonious state of mind, and expect perfect physical health, you are expecting the impossible, for you are continually sowing the seeds of disease in your mind. Such conditions of mind are are carefully shunned by the wise man, for he knows them to be far more dangerous than a bad drain or an infected house. If you would be free from all physical aches and pains and would enjoy perfect physical harmony, then put your mind in order and harmonize your thoughts. Think joyful thoughts. Think loving thoughts. Let the elixir of goodwill course through your veins, and you will need no other medicine. Put away your jealousies, your suspicions, your worries, your hatreds, your selfish indulgences, and you will put away your dyspepsia, your billousness, your nervousness, and aching joints. If you, will perf- 
if you will persist in clinging to these debilitating and demoralizing habits of mind, then do not complain when your body is laid low with sickness. And that's the end of that section. Let's take a quick break here on The Mystic Show so we can ponder some of that. Welcome back to The Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran, and uh, that little musical interlude was from the soundtrack of the movie Lost in Translation. So thank you. Uh, I believe the artist's name is Square Pusher. So thank you for that musical interlude. And yeah, just a few moments to reflect on what we read. I mean, that's the thing about James Allen's writings is that it's very simple and very deep at the same time. And it takes a little time to absorb it, to digest it. Um, one of the things I liked about that reading we just did was this part where he says, There is no protection to compare with goodness. Hmm. Right? He And he's saying by goodness, he doesn't mean outward conformity to the rules of morality. He means pure thought, noble aspiration, unselfish love, and freedom from vainglory. So, I don't know. What do you think? Do you agree that if you're quote-unquote good that you'll be protected from sickness and disease? Personally, I do. I believe that. I've, I don't know why, but my whole life I've believed that the vast majority of sickness is brought upon by ourselves, to ourselves. And that, and I think actually I remember Deepak Chopra saying the same thing, because obviously he's an MD and they've studied a lot of these things, uh, you know, the effect of the thought on physical health. And I, th- I think he said 4 or 5% of disease is genetic. And the rest is we bring it upon ourselves. 
which makes sense because I think that's the same, like that's the percentage that disease happens in animals as well. So maybe there is some natural, um, natural way that people are born with a disease. But mostly in our lives, we create our own sickness and our own diseases by our thoughts. And usually it's because of ignorance. We don't understand how powerful our thoughts are. Which is what James Allen talks about throughout his works. The power of the mind. Thinking. Thinking is the highest function we are capable of as human beings. And yet... Who really thinks about it? Who tries to improve their thinking in a real way? Almost no one. We just take we just take our greatest power for granted every day, all the time. <laughs> but not you, because you're here listening to The Mystic Show, and you understand this. And just understanding that the mind is so important and powerful, half the battle is won right there. In my opinion. Now, yes, we have to do something about it, but that realization is a really important realization. So, this was a great reading, and I'm, I was, there's one other point I wanted to, well, that word dyspeptic that he used, I had to look that one up. Right? It, that's, <laughs> some of these words are, well, they're more than a hundred years old, these, these books. So, some of the words and the phrasing are obviously not used anymore. But dyspeptic means um, having indigestion or consequent irritability or depression. So, yeah, I guess indigestion and like stomach problems are fairly common. Um, so thank you to James Allen. Again, the, the topic of this section or the title is The Secret of Health, Success, and Power. And look, each of us is a mystic in training, and we're learning how to become more spiritual, how to become love, how to rise above the turmoil of the world, how to forgive, how to be compassionate. And I think learning about the mind is... Just, I mean, absolutely key to the whole mystical journey, right? I mean, how, how can you avoid learning about your mind and, and learning how to think better on your way to becoming divinized? You can't. You have to do it. So let's, uh, let's switch gears now. And by the way, I just want to mention these readings or these episodes of The Mystic Show, if you have a comment or a question, you can go on the website, which is www.themysticshow.net. Go to themysticshow.net, and you can actually comment on these shows, comment on the post, right on the website. You can just write a comment, and uh, I don't think there's many comments happening right now, but but feel free to ask a question or comment. I mean, that's part of this whole, you know, I really, I never wanted this show to be a monologue. Obviously, that's why I'm reading from some of the greats. And uh, I'd love to hear from you, your thoughts, because each of, each of us has an opinion and a point of view, and they're equally important. 
There you go. You might not agree with that statement. <laughs> well, leave it in the comments. <laughs> so let's switch to our other book, 365 Dow. And I don't know if you know much about Taoism. Actually, I don't. Um, I read this book and one other book about Taoism, and Tao is just apparently just the flow of energy, the life force energy. And if you relax and meditate and relax your mind, you sort of feel the flow of energy and you just kind of know what to do and everything you do is right and good because it's going with the flow. But if we become selfish and greedy and all that, we, uh, we begin to we try to go against the flow of Tao, and that's where all the problems happen. That's where all the sickness and the things happen. So, uh, the passage for today is called readiness, and I'll just go ahead and read this. It's called readiness from the book Three Sixty Five Tao Daily Meditations by Deng Ming Dao. Here we go. Readiness. A knife keeps its edge only with honing and proper cutting. A warrior's virtue is readiness. A sage's virtue is awareness. This life is so competitive and challenging that one must remain in constant readiness for the problems and conflicts that come with each day. That is why followers of Tao meld the way of the warrior and the sage. They want the courage and the preparedness of the fighter, the luminous perception of the wise. Each day, they dedicate themselves to maintaining their characters and perpetuating their development. But how does one maintain, maintain one's edge without blunting? There is a fable about a king who was watching his butcher. He was amazed that the man could dismember a whole ox without much effort and without dulling his knife. Seeking to learn, the king questioned his servant, who said that his secret was to insert his knife only in the spaces between muscles, thus parting the body along its natural lines. In this way, where an ordinary butcher had to grind his blade daily, he only had to sharpen his knife once a year. From this, we can learn that we must first hone ourselves to a sharp edge. But the proper use of our talents is equally essential. We must remember to take action along the basic lines and seams of the day. If we do this, we can never be opposed for long. And that's the end of this little tiny section here called readiness. And it's so 
interesting the little fable he mentions that the the butcher could work for a whole year without sharpening his knife and he worked quickly and he he could do all the work other butchers had to sharpen their knife every day he sharpened his knife once a year and how did he do it well he knew exactly where to cut with the least amount of effort and the least amount of blunting of his knife. And uh, so the author says, if we learn, we need to learn the proper use of our talents. Maybe you have a lot of talent in some areas, but maybe maybe you're being a little blunt and, you know, applying it in a way that is uh, making you tired, for instance, or draining your energy. So maybe we can look at what we're doing and, and see what we're trying to achieve in the world and see if there's a more subtle, simpler way to do it. Um, and then save ourselves from uh, a lot of energy dissipation. And readiness, well, he says the warrior has to be ready. Right? That's the virtue of the warrior, is his readiness. And the sage's virtue is awareness. And I, I love this. He says that uh, that is why followers of Tao meld the way of the warrior and the sage. They want the courage and preparedness of the fighter, the luminous perception of the wise. There you go. So that, uh, that'll do it for us today. I kind of just wanted to be quiet for a moment there, but I guess when you're hosting a show, you, <laughs> you can't really just be quiet very often. <laughs> anyway, I don't know, maybe sometimes when these episodes end, if you ever just try to meditate for a little while, or don't try, just meditate. <laughs> so I hope some of these uh, concepts from today were helpful. And as you move through your day, maybe you can think about it. Maybe you can write down some of your own ideas in your diary. Maybe you can smile at some people. Don't freak them out, though. Just be nice. (laughs) All right. Well, I thank you for listening. I'm glad you were here with me. And uh, we'll be back again very soon here with The Mystic Show. And as always... Keep shining.